Kimberly here. This is Macabish, cults, classics, and horrors. We're talking films, series, books, and life, and we're starting right now. What are some of you guys' favorite horror films that you've talked about on here? Oof, there's so many. There's way too many. <laughs> Okay, so if you so so for me, a guy that's not that into horror, if you were to be like, "Hey, bro, this is gonna change fucking life," <laughs> I, I would say a would lot of John Carpenter stuff, like yeah. the thing. Yeah, um, John Carpenter. Yeah, The Fog. Um, of course, the Halloween movies. Christine is the fog like the mist because the mist damn near tra- damn near traumatized me. When, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, when no, t- that. <laughs> Family is. I was like, "Oh shit, that's so screwed." Never watching you again. (laughs) Uh, No, it's. I mean, it's similar in that it's like mysterious stuff in a fog or a mist. But other than that, it's it's completely different. Okay. Yeah, it deals with like the the ghosts of pirates versus like weird alien creatures. So I was looking Um, at. I've never I've never seen the fly. Right. Oh, oh the yeah. fly is amazing. Yep. And yeah, either the um, what you about to say? Either the original or the um the Cronenberg remake from eighty five. Either one is fantastic. Wait, there's a there's a fly besides Goldblum? Yep. Yes. Oh yeah. Well it's uh, yeah, too. it goes back to um nineteen I think nineteen fifty eight was the original one with Vincent Price. And okay. then there's a couple sequels to that one. And then the one with Goldblum is um the remake that uh, David Cronenberg did. And then there's a sequel to that one with uh, Eric Stoltz, The Fly 2. I often wondered, the, is like in The Fly, he was trying, it was like teleportation gone wrong, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I think that like, even though that movie like focused on the fly aspect, I think a movie about teleportation gone wrong would be sick. I don't know if they have any like that, but like, because just the concept of teleporting is very iffy to me. I don't think I would ever want it, that to even be a truth because you're literally disintegrating all of your molecules and then re-putting them back together mm-hmm. and right. like what comes back from that like you know what i mean is your does your soul come through because then you have a situation where is, is that the real you that came back from the other side is that did a multiverse you happen like there's so much i feel like can be played with in a film where oh yeah we did pull off teleportation but uh it wasn't for the fucking best <laughs> well, there, was, yeah. there was one a couple of years ago it was called synchronic <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> but no no you're right it, it's an absolutely ripe idea like just just the thought of it like it's always tripped me the fuck out like uh like you're basically killing yourself every time you teleport like mm. you're you're dead yeah. you're disintegrating yourself and now the, that's a new version of yourself on the other side and that's not how it's often portrayed but that's how my brain often saw it <laughs> you yeah. know yeah. Right. Yeah. star trek I mean, it's just oh, they just teleported. Oh, it's all good. No, that being <laughs> that body, man, you know, it, just, mm-hmm. it came out of no something. I don't trust my body. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's another great one. That was an independent called Intersect, kind of like it, like H.P. Lovecrafty. So it's very like fear of the unknown sort of based, and that was an excellent one when it comes to dealing with. Um, the risks of teleportation and time travel. And see, then you do another one in that time travel. That's a mind fuck by itself. I mean, like, like that time travel scripts are among the hardest scripts to try to write. Mm. Because I think it's impossible to write a time travel film that doesn't have some kind of plot hole just by, by the nature yeah. of the, like, the science of everything involved with, you know, what you choose, which way you want to go with time travel. I never thought too much about a time travel horror film, though. Like, I, I never even thought about those who even crossing. There is one. There's a short one. It's called B4. And it's B4. only, yeah, it's not even, I think it's like 54 minutes. But that's a time tra- travel horror. And it's actually pretty good for as short as it is. It's always cool when genres intersect to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the name of the movie. No pun. There we go. Intersect. We came back around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched a foreign horror recently, Cub. You might actually get into that one because, I mean, it's pretty horrific, but the story got me more than, like, the horror of it. It was actually very good. If you remove the horror, the movie was still very good. 
I think those are some of the best ones as well. Cause like, okay, like like in my group, whenever we would pull like horror, right? One of my main things that I would always want to go to is what's scary in real life? Like what 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 would really unnerve a person like psychologically? Those are the ones that typically would just I find myself interested in. Like even though the fantastical is, you know, great to a degree. Like, and I think that's one of the things that I think Tales from the Hood One did beautifully. You know, they they took real life things and uh, made them horrific. Like, there's the, they, they had the four stories, and I think okay, I think the first story in Tales from the Hood One was a police brutality situation where this guy he gets killed by the cops, and then the zombie corpse of the guy that was killed by the cops comes back and wrecks revenge. That's yo. And then the second one I remember was one of my favorites, where the kid I think it was called the monster, and the kid was being haunted by this like it was really about his his dad was like abusive to his mom but his dad was the monster you know what i'm saying and right. he used art yeah i think he used art in the way to like get rid of his dad i think he turned his dad into like a, a some type of drawing or balled him up or something like that but it's always interesting to me when we get these like when you can take the horrors of humanity and and subvert them into the into the genre of like really make you think and really like fucking with your mind and such like those those really yeah that was those are the ones i get into the most so when you talk about like the story even without the horror still working as a story i think that's when you really succeeded i think that's what i like about tales from the crypt like every single one of those or just about is very like that mm-hmm. it's things that could stories that can happen in real life but taken to the nth degree and turned into horror See, I'm going to I'm going to nod my head with you because I'm aware of what you're talking about. But like <laughs> the people used to literally scare the shit out of me as a kid. So I never do. <laughs> I, I know him. But as soon as he would come on, I'm telling you, dude, he used to scare me, bro. Uh, but I, I will say this. I, I'm going to take it even further back. I, I, I get the context of what you're saying. Like, we're talking like, are oh, you afraid of the dark? I remember that as a kid was like my, mm-hmm. my, my mini tales mm-hmm. from the crib. Because are you afraid of the dark? You know, as a kid, there's the kid version. Right. I, I, can handle, I can handle kid version, you know. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> but well, Goosebumps was the same. Tales from the Crypt, as scary as the Crypt Keeper might have been to you, actually the stories were kind of ridiculous. And that's what made them easier to watch because that was part of the comic relief of it it was kind of like to give your brain a break from how horrific some of these episodes could be Mm -hmm. Uh, like there was this one a married couple the lady was hoarding animals and her retired husband couldn't take it so he started killing her animals and he picked up this hobby of taxidermy he was killing her animals and taxidermy and she freaked out and so she killed him and taxidermied him and then just sat him in his chair. So all the way to the nth degree, but also ridiculous. It was good, though. Gotcha. And I'm saying uh, this as a goat, I could go back and watch Tales from the Crypt now, so I probably should do that. I only have memories of the Crypt Keeper. Keeper, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't get past the Crypt Keeper. That's mm-hmm. funny. Well, there's in also way- an old one. I think it's, it's 1970s where... It's, it's Tales from the Crypt, but it's a completely different thing. I think that is actually scarier than the Tales from the Crypt of the 90s. Yeah. So I guess so the 90s one was supposed to be a riff on that or a remake of that in some kind of way? Sort of. It's, it's a remaking, a retelling of like the whole concept of it. But the original is just a, it, it's just anthology. Well, in the Crypt. comic books, right? So it's just another adaptation of the comic book. Yeah, from the old DC comics. Right. Gotcha, gotcha. And in a yeah. way... Uh, What's that joint? They, they they mix horror elements, but with futurism. But for futurism, is it Westworld? No, I love Westworld, but not Westworld. No, Westworld's amazing. Um, Black, uh, it's anthology, and it's it's like mostly about how technology can be. Oh, horrific. Black Mirror, Black Mirror, Black Mirror. I really enjoy those as well, and they they once again blend the genres. I wonder how much further they can push some of those because those mm-hmm. have been like deep mind fucks. There have been a lot of great anthologies lately. Mess you up and then move on to the next one. <laughs> I just watched one recently. It was uh, A Night of Horror, Nightmare Radio. Absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really good one. Absolutely yeah, amazing. Four or five stories, I think, in that one, right? Yeah. And then it's framed by radio DJ. Tries to find it on Tubi of all places. I mean, you'll find, you know, 
because there's so much content out here. You'll find some gems on some of the lesser known streaming services at times. That's true. I mean, like, even the history of the horror film genre, like, it's indie filmmaking on blast. You know what I mean? So many times, like you said, they don't even have the money for it. Like, most horror movies are made on low budgets. Right. <laughs> so, and that's what made a lot of the best ones have to be more cerebral and so creative because they didn't have the money to do all the other fantastical things. That's true. But that would also make a lot of those scenes that even scarier that we couldn't get to see all the visceral nature of them. Mm-hmm. Too. Yeah, because your mind's going to make something a lot scarier than anything I can show you, right? Ooh. That's true. They're talking about the next Doctor Strange movie is going to have horror elements. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, how many comic movies, because I'm a comic movie head, which comic movies do y'all would y'all count as well into the, the horror genre? I would say Constantine. Yep. Uh, yeah. V for uh, Vendetta. You call Viva Vendetta horror? Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it, it, yeah. it, well, yeah, it's, it, it's a dystopian horror. Like, it's almost like the 1984 sort of feel of the, like the, the government control type horror, where you don't have the freedoms that you should normally have. So I do, I classify that one as, as a horror type movie. Blade, of course, and the, the sequels. 30 Days of Night. Yeah, um, Tales from the Crypt, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, and Ralph called Demon Dog or Dylan Dog. Sorry. Dylan Dog, yep, yeah, it's the it falls into the horror comedy, I guess, um, cross genres. But there've been quite a few over the I years. Swamp Thing, yeah. Swamp Thing, yeah, mm-hmm. Man Thing. Yeah, well, Swamp Whoa. Thing was um, was a Wes Craven movie, the original one. Even I mean, if you talk about horror subtext, you can even go into things like Dread, and of course, From Hell. They all, you know, fall into the, they have the the horror subtext as well. Well, even the like the Hellboy. original Spider Man trilogy, like yeah, by Sam Raimi, who's a horror director, he puts the horror like stuff in it, right? Like, there's some pretty scary moments in those mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, especially when you're dealing with um, the Venom in Spider Man Three, like that, it gets very dark very quickly. Yeah. And I mean, Venom was kind of he ate a, a crook. That's horror. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I mean, any movie, and then if you even go back to Spider-Man 1, Willem Dafoe's face, all the horror you need. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. That smile. Oh, my God. He had to be a star. Yeah. yeah. It was funny is a lot of these movies, your average person didn't even know they were comic book inspired. Because I remember when Blade first came out, they sold it more as like a vampire hunter movie in the horror mm-hmm. action genre than as a Marvel film at the time, you know? Yeah. And a lot of these movies get by you and you won't even know. I mean, freaking, what is it? Either Road to Perdition or uh, what's the movie with uh, Shawshank Redemption? I think that's a freaking comic book. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many movies you wouldn't even know are comics mm-hmm. or yeah. come, from, come from that genre that we just watched. Because I didn't know Dylan Dog was a comic. You said, I was like, really? okay, let me go back and go check that. <laughs> <laughs> is it Italian, I think? Dylan Dog is an Italian comic, I believe. Yeah, it is. So it's just, it's just funny how that goes. And I didn't watch the new Sabrina, but apparently, because like when you look at how what they did, because first they played this with um, the art, not Archie. Is it Archie? Riverdale. Yeah, Archie. Archie yeah. Afterlife. Yeah. Yeah, and Riverdale, like you know that that whole show went this darker direction, and then apparently, like my my girl, she's a huge fan of the Sabrina universe that apparently went hella dark. Literally, <laughs> yeah, the three, three, four seasons on Netflix. Yeah, and the comics, and, uh, Archie switched over to uh, Archie Afterlife. It was yeah. kind of like a split off, and it was just, it was just straight up horror comics. And then Sabrina had her own one as well. Uh, and then, so when they made the new shows, Riverdale and the Sabrina show, it was just pretty much adaptations of those horror comics. So that's good, that's, and and then most likely like traumatized the generation that didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, whoa, Clarissa? That's not that's not my Clarissa. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, I just I just love when they do that. Because that's the thing too. More so than reimaginings are more fun than reboots to me. Like, mm. and and too often, like, okay, like there's a show out of uh, Bel Air, which is a reimagining of the Fresh Prince. And a lot of people like a lot of people love it, but a lot of people are like, oh my God, it's not the same thing. But I'm like, well, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air was a sitcom, and that's one genre of comedy. And Bel Air is a drama, which is they so they're basically taking these same characters and the same story and putting them in a whole nother genre, and those stories become new and different. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering, like, are there any like 
comedies or any stories that you know of right now that's not horror, right? That if you put them in horror, you think it'd be pretty fucking cool. Good question. Mm-hmm. It is a good question. I'll be podcasting too, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, one that already has horror elements to it, uh, but it's more of a comedy is Dead Like Me. It's a, sh- a series from like... I love Dead Like Me. Back. But if, make that a straight up horror movie. That could be amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Is that the one with the girl eating um, like she's a zombie? No, no. No, that was a uh, zombie. Yeah, yeah. That's based on the comic too. Yeah. Uh, but Dead Like Me was a girl dies uh, just abruptly, and then she gets in the afterlife. She gets uh, promoted to become basically a Grim Reaper. So now she's like part of a team of Grim Yo, Reapers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got you. I know that one because truthfully, there's a few of these shows that are similar that that happen right now where um, someone dies and goes to the afterlife because um, mm-hmm. they go to because there's one where this girl I can't think of her name, but she's in heaven. But she she stole someone else's identity and she's pretending to be somebody else who who should because she wasn't supposed to go to hell, but she's pretending to be somebody <laughs> that, that that's in heaven. Keep this up. I forget the name of that show. Then there's this other one with, with uh, I think Robbie Amell. I think that show flopped where he died, but then his consciousness was uploaded to Yeah. Some, yeah, second that, season I think just came out on uh, on Prime. Upload, yeah, I think so it's called, right? Up, it might be called up though, yeah. But I'm just saying. So a lot. So you said dead like me. I'm like, okay, which one of these is that? Because then I might think. <laughs> <laughs> and and then, then there's the one that had Drew Barrymore. Was she was eating people? I think that's the one I thought you were talking oh, about. Oh, uh, yeah, the Netflix one. Uh, the Santa Clarita Diet is that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Santa Clarita. So that's why I think I got confused. I'm I'm on. I'm with you now. I'm caught up. All right, back back to the question though. Like. Any other choice you feel would be cool, Harry. Honestly, you could take almost anything that um, Tim Burton did earlier in his career. And if you made those as straight horror movies, like if Beetlejuice or Edward Scissorhands was a straight horror movie, that would be really wild. Well, see, Beetlejuice is just wound up being Candyman at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. That's true. <laughs> if, yeah, it's like the comedy version of Candyman. <laughs> It's the comedy candy man. So I don't know. I don't know who Beetlejuice had beef with, but whoever it is, he's getting it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but Edward Scissorhands, because no one even thought that Edward Scissorhands would be what that was. That was such an interesting character study by itself. But mm. like you said, that this guy just goes left at some point. Like we had all the similar buildup, but then at the yeah. climax, he goes left, and next you know he's murdering people. Oh God. That would be sick. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it could so easily have gone the, that complete opposite direction of where it went. But that's what Tim Burton played with at the time, because you kind of thought he probably was going to go a little carry. Yeah, but he didn't. But now you make me want to see him go carry because just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he could do the same thing with uh, with Drop Dead Fred. Yeah, mm. like that could have completely gone the opposite, like the the horror direction, so easily. <laughs> that's true. They have a couple of those movies already, I think. Yeah, yeah. Imaginary friends become uh, monsters or whatever. Yeah. Uh, what was the one we just... Daniel Isn't Real? Yeah. Yeah. It's very, yeah. very much like that. The the dark horror version of Drop Dead Fred. Yeah. The Schwarzenegger's kid in it. As for comics, though, like, I, I'd love to see, like, a horror version of Punisher. Like, because, I mean, at the end of the day, he's a vigilante going around murdering people, right? Yeah, so, we, we kind of got that, I guess, in the second, well, not really the second, the Punisher War Zone. It went, tried to go that dark avenue, but didn't quite pay off. Uh, come on, that's a comic. Well, in a way, we might not, we might not be that far off from that because, um, like right now, they're kind of building to like in Marvel. They kind of build into this group called the Midnight Suns. And I don't know, like you know how much you know in the comics, but the Midnight mm-hmm. Suns was this group of like they're they're like the superheroes that handle the the demons and the vampires and the more horror elements. And that yeah. would be that Blade, Ghost Rider, Go, yep. Moon, uh, and they're built like Moon Knight just got a show. Marshall Ali was just cast as Blade. Um, they're doing this um, Werewolf by Night horror special on Disney Plus about the character Werewolf by Night, which is you no know, Werewolf comic character. Um, and so he's going to be part of that. So, and the thing is, in the comics, Punisher is a part of that group. So mm-hmm. if they really build that group for the, and they, they're building it already. So if they decide to, we can have Punisher in this motherfucker shooting some zombies. <laughs> <and vaccines. laughs> 
it is we're not far off. They're already kind of sowing the seeds. So we're, we're not that far off. You may yeah, be thinking. And, well, keep going. What was you about to say? Yeah, I was going to say Marvel's got the rights back to um, to Ghost Rider under their own umbrella now. So, it, I mean, they can definitely build the whole thing. Oh, my God. This and if they want, and we're talking horror, Ghost Rider would be a character that they want to go horror with. Yeah. It, aesthetic is just purely just set up for something like that. It will be interesting if, like, you made a movie from the, from the like, point of view of, like, the, like the villain or whatever mm-hmm. and being stalked by a Ghost Rider. If, I think that would be a whole flip on it where he is. <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. You know what I mean? The Michael Myers of the situation, but we're from the villain's point of view, so it's like, oh, well, that's shit. A, that's why I was so stoked for when they kept trying to develop the Sinister Six movie for so many years. And I was like, they were going to make a villain movie. Where Spider Man yeah. is the bad guy and shit. Like, that'd be amazing. Dude, I live for those kinds. That's why I think that's what made Suicide Squad work. <clears throat> because it's just fun going from the villain's perspective at times. But, like you said, if it went full blown. Oh, man. Oh, remember that joint that came out? Um, Brightburn. Now, that was some shit. And they yeah, took Brightburn the whole Superman, great. you know, the whole Superman thing. And I, that that worked for me. I, I really dug Brightburn. That was really good. That was, <laughs> was so really bad. good. <laughs> Um, I have a, I have a, a, a guy I know. He's, he has this comic book that's getting a lot of waves right now. That might be getting an adaptation. It's called Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer. And, <laughs> dude, I would love that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, we're social media friends. But the thing is, I just so happened to come across him years ago when he first started developing this comic. And when, when I first saw his first issue, I was like, bro, I'm going to be your friend because I think this is fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you make a friend. <laughs> For real. I just, come on, this is Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer? What? And like, I saw when he was developing it and now he's like, 10 issues in and he has a whole freaking live adaptation deal that so they're gonna make this and oh, he really man. did it back in the day he has harriet tubman and she's killing zombies and demons and freaking <laughs> back in the daytime and i'm like what, what made you think of this bro and i'm here for it is, is he gonna have a crossover with abraham lincoln vampire that's just gonna be said you got you got to that would be amazing you got but, to <laughs> she was like to kill him though because I'm just saying, like, <laughs> not to the nitty gritty, like, she'll probably be like, I'll fuck all that, I'll trust you. But <laughs> then we could get out Freddy versus Jason, but it'll be with historical figures and horror. That, <laughs> that would be amazing. That, that would be amazing. Here for it. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> yes, with a bunch of demons and vampires and werewolves in between. That, I'm here. Yes. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. It would, yep. There was a short that I saw, I think it's part of the uh, Fear Itself series. It was from the zombie's perspective. She was a zombie, but she had no idea she was a zombie. And she's like, why is everybody acting so weird? And she would like attack people. She would bite them, but then space it. And she'd have no idea why there were zombies around her and why people were running. It was hilarious and also terrifying. That would make a great feature film. What was it called? Yeah, what was it called? It's a it's a short inside of a series called Fear Itself. Uh, one of those genius ass shorts. <laughs> gotta, yep. I uh, I wrote that to make that a short like fucking fifteen years ago, and I never did it because oh I man, it on it. <laughs> Damn it! I mean, and that happens, bro. It's, it's ethereal theft, man. They call that's what somebody told me. That's called ethereal theft. Where if you think of an idea and you don't capitalize on it, it will be sent to someone else. Yo, there's <laughs> a name for that. Holy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I've been saying that. I, I have like two solid ideas that I'm I, I'm going to make, and now like people ask me what are they, and I'm like I'm not fucking saying a thing about yeah, them it's, yet. That's what yep. you say it out loud. It's, it's true. They're in the world. It's, it's, it's in the world. ether. It's in the ether, right? And it will be ethereally thefted from you, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the episode on Fear itself called New Year's Day, and you don't you're watching it this whole time. Like, what is wrong with this girl? You don't find out to the end. You're like, what? And then you got to watch it again. <laughs> it was really good. And, and I'm like, somebody's got to make this a full feature movie. This would be amazing. Zombie movie from the zombie's point of view. Like, what are we waiting for? <laughs> I mean, we've made every other kind of zombie movie at this point. Man, <laughs> that's the truth. So like, just like you, like you say, a, a flip in the, like in the genre. Yes. Give me that. Give me more. Yes. With yeah. that. Have you guys ever seen that um indie, indie film? It's called uh Leslie Vernon. Yeah, oh I 
I love that movie. It's hilarious. Wait, I don't think Dude. I've seen it, but no, I haven't seen it. Behind the Mask, uh, the rise Behind of the Mask, yeah. <laughs> they it's like do it's the- like where the documentary crew is. Oh yeah, <laughs> behind the mask. Yeah, I had that. I just I just love the genre flips. I don't know what made. I don't know what about what you just said made me think of him. But I just think it's the concept of you flipping the genre because, like you said, when you rock, when you rocking with this with her as a zombie for all that time, who'd have thought? You know, and I think right. I had the same experience. Like she's interviewing this guy through the whole movie, but then it becomes an actual horror film. I'm like, whoa. People in the Indies, bro, they come with some shit that Hollywood needs to start paying attention to. That's mm-hmm. Somebody needs to pay them and pay for some damn advertising. Because that's why I'm <laughs> always sifting through Indies, because I'll see some amazing stuff and people never heard of it. Because they couldn't advertise. Where were they going to get the money? True. And then some fall apart on, like, there's some things that you'll see that you think, like, man, if they just had just 10 Ten thousand more dollars, right? <laughs> you know? Right. So much better, you know. And I just, I just, I, my heart goes out to those because it's tough having an idea that you know is a million dollar idea, but you only got five hundred bucks, you know. Yeah, I've seen plenty of those where you're like, mm-hmm. all you needed was like a camera stabilizer, man. You just messed up the movie, but <laughs> they probably didn't have the money. They just did right. what they could. So many movies fall by the wayside because they sounds fucked up. That's one of the yeah. hardest and one of the most low key important things that a lot of people don't think about. Yeah. If you don't have good sound, no matter how good your movie could look, people gonna tune out. Like something about things being sonically right would mm-hmm. throw a person off. Uh, yeah. yeah that's true but all yeah, those little technical things all those little things they yeah. cost money yes and yes. i'm sure there's never enough well it's back to what what he said originally it's about the passion of it right like you might not have the money but if you got a team that's passionate about it they're gonna fucking bring it together right yeah make it happen. Hell yeah you, you gotta tell the story by any means necessary right <laughs> so, if you're gonna tell it tell it whatever yeah, it takes so I'm I'm one I'm one of those people that do it like like a lot of short films that I made with my team that have been on zero budget to zero dollar budget. Now these two scripts I'm writing, I'm like you, I'm gonna have these two scripts I'm writing that I'm not telling anybody about right now that I'm gonna try to get money for these finally. But like at times I just don't have the patience. I just I, I, I have this idea, then I write the script and I have all these friends of mine as actors. Let's go do some let's go do it, you know? So like that's that's the artist in me half the time that's just wanting to just shoot something or act or something or just you know create something, but the business side of it is to many times to do things at their best. You got to get some investors. You got to get the money together. So, like you like you, so the, it can be told to its best extent. Like you're saying, can't really otherwise. Like you said, you have this plethora of movies on Tubi that no one knows, but gems. And now that you told me you're writing a script, a couple of scripts, <laughs> and they want to make movies, now you're going to have to come back because now I'm never going to leave it alone. I'm just going to be like, so um, where are we at on those movies? Because I'm not going to be able to let it go. I'm just letting oh, you know. Don't. I'm don't, letting don't. You- <laughs> like I said, don't. You know I mean? Like I said, check out my, uh, my YouTube channel. I have, a, I have a few horror movies on there that you can check out because... Like, oh, wow. like, always been choosing me for a while, apparently. And I try not to be too hard when I watch an indie film because I know those people they did something that I'm never gonna do, and I can only imagine how hard it was to even get it to the end and then get it on any kind of sh- streaming service to begin with. And like, there's okay, there, there's some, there's some companies out there that just know that that they can make a quick buck off of like cheap crappy movies and they'll be like just, make, just give me a script like there's there are companies that exist that know that they're making crappy movies but right. for the most part it's what you're saying like there's a process that goes from you get an idea and it's one thing in your head then it's one thing when you write the script then it's another thing when you actually shoot it then mm-hmm. it becomes something else when you edit it you know what i'm saying so right your first initial idea goes through so many things before you get to the final product. And this is before we even talk about if you have a studio involved that might start effing with your stuff. So like, that's why you just, I'm with you on that. I don't overly judge a movie that maybe didn't come out the right way or didn't come out how I liked it or whatever, because so much happens, so many hands get on it. So much happens <laughs> before, before a movie gets made. No one sets out to make a, a crappy movie, you know, right. like, you, you thought you was making something good, but then somewhere between that script and that edit or somewhere between the actors and, you know what I mean? So many things can happen that can make a really good idea go, uh, <laughs> literally, yeah. you know? 
And especially, so I said, like, like it's good to have patience with, especially the indie films. Especially. Right. You're just smart. Are you just Martin Bradford on YouTube? Or you on YouTube is uh, Gumble Monster 504. Gumble Monster. There you go. I found yeah, Gumble it. Monster 504. I am a strong believer in, I want people to watch everything and I want them to like what they like. I tell people over and over again, who cares if I don't like it? You can like it. It's fine. I like some shit everybody hates. I still like it. It's so I don't want to tell people you shouldn't watch this. This is horrible. I tell them watch it and decide for yourself if you like it. Who cares if I like it? Doesn't matter. It's, it's also subjective and and also there's certain movies that we know are shitty that we just like too. Right. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like so it's kind of hard at times for me to tell somebody like yeah you're because you might you might dig it I might think it's a piece of crap but you might love it. Right. That's something I just know if I was to um, tell some refer to like like a certain film buff, they're like, "What do you mean? This is utter crap." And I, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is my shit, though. Because like, that's how we talk, us film buffs. That's right. You know, I mean, yes, that's how we talk. <laughs> 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 but oh, and you made me think. I see you drop on my page, man. Like the movie you. I mean, it's the TV series you. Um, mm-hmm. I did that years before, but we didn't have no no attention. Like it, it's it was something very similar. There's a, there's a short film on there called Details, that's mm-hmm. about like this guy that's so obsessed with this girl. And I remember the first time I saw you, I was like, damn, they did it, but you know they just have more money and it's white. But right, <laughs> right, <laughs> it's the same feeling, you know. So trust me, I understand where you're coming from. If you've been sending all this idea, then you then you look up and someone made it, and you like shit. If only, if only, you know. So but I'm like, do it anyway, though. Make it anyway, because yeah. your point of view is all is yours. Mm-hmm. There is not ever going to be another point of view than your point of view. It doesn't matter how many freaking zo- there's a billion zombie movies out there. It's not stopping people from making them, making the same movie that we've seen a hundred different times. But it's a point of view. It's a it's a way you craft something. It's going to be unique to you, so it's still worth doing true that i absolutely agree with that there's no one getting like like all all of us in this chat right now can have the same idea and but we'll have vastly different movies oh for sure absolutely and frankly i'm just amazed that people can go from an idea in their head and then somehow communicate that idea and get it on a screen i don't know how they do that i don't think i don't think that's a thing i could ever do (laughs) Like I can describe to the end of time something I'm talking about, but I like I think I would be a horrible director. That's why I don't make movies because I like to watch them, but I'm not. That's why I don't have a whole lot to say. If something is not great, I don't. I am not that harsh. I'm just not. And that's how come my page is not that. <laughs> I don't have that many followers because I'm like, this sucks. You're horrible. You should die because that's crazy. I think also there's a, there's a two ways about it because on one end I absolutely agree with you on on the level of um, since I can't do it, you know what I mean. I should be able to respect the people that do. But on the right. other end, just because you can't do it, don't mean your opinion of it, positive or negative, isn't important. If as long as you, as long as you, as long as you're being earnest about it, because some people right. are just contrarian. That's just frustrating. Oh, but. Yeah. You know, but if you're really going in with, you know, uh, 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 objective view and you, like, especially let's say you have a love for films, you like you love films and you love watching films. By proxy, if you love to watch films and you take in a lot of films, it, that means you're not just your normal average casual viewer. You're you're a person, you're a cinephile, you're a person that watches them to a certain degree. That gives you a point of view that is more reputable than like just your average Joe on the street. So I wouldn't sell your opinion short either even if you couldn't make a movie even even even, not, even though you think you can't make a movie because even in every time you say that i'm over here thinking like you can most likely make a movie you just can't make a movie because <laughs> because <laughs> the thing is because a lot of people um man this, i had this old director that used to say man you can't swallow the turkey whole and so a lot of you, you know you'll break the motherfucker up so it's like a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people they look at like that concept uh even writing the script as is that the whole turkey and they think about how in the world do I eat this whole turkey and I'm like no just break it down because even when I'm writing a script oftentimes the way I write a script I just write this I write all my ideas out all of them out 
and then I write the story like we're talking about like a regular story like we used to do in elementary. I write the story before I even think about dialogue and everything. And while you write the story, certain dialogue bits might come to your mind that you might throw in there. But for the most part, it's getting to your beginning and your middle and your end. That's what's really the most important parts, like telling a story. And by the time you get to the end of writing the story itself as a story, you can go back in and, you know, put the dialogue in and define it more. And the more you refine and refine that, you wind up having a script. You know what I'm saying? So it's right. like one of those things of you break it apart. It is less intimidating than, you know, trying to look mm -hmm. at it as, damn, like, it has to be this whatever, you know. Sometimes it just goes about, like, if you have an idea, write that thing. Right. I can agree with that. Now you got that fire under me. I'm talking all this shit. Now I got it. <laughs> 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 I just know I am a fan and apparently a hype man because everybody I've had on here, everybody we've had on here is a director because Carlos wants to make a movie. I'd be like, so you know, Carlos wants to make a movie. Do you have anything to say? <laughs> so I, that's what I do. I like to hype everything and everyone up, but to make a movie, it just seems like I will just be watching a movie and I will just be like exhausted by all the work that must have gone into it. Cause I'm like, I can't imagine doing this. And then you get to the credits, you see all yeah. the, the army of people. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. 500 people to make this movie. It's like all this for an hour and a half. I can't do it. Nope. I can't do it. <laughs> it is intense. I mean, like I, I can even think about like some of the first times I stepped on a set and I just saw, all because again, like even the, even when I'm making my little movies, I have you know a sound guy, a camera guy, like you know, all the crew might be five or six deep, but then you step on the set, you see like dozens of people, and you're like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, this mm -hmm. this is, and sometimes I would think that too because you know, on a smaller scale, I'm used to directing, but I often think too like. I couldn't imagine having to direct like a Marvel film or one of those huge movies that you're like, you're the one in control of freaking, dip, like you said, this army of people and it's mm -hmm. all on dude. I, I, I commend, I commend, because um, Kevin Smith, he was talking about this on his podcast about how like he likes making his movies, like his, his, his clerks, his, his small movies, because he feels like that where he feels his best is you know is more comfortable in leading his army is you know because like to take on those huger projects that's your life <laughs> that has to be your life for this what is it years really you know so mm -hmm. i commend them i commend like even though like i said i, I rep with an indie filmmaker i have so much respect for the blockbuster filmmaker as well because that is nowhere near near an easy job to have right Cause just thinking about every time I watch Lord of the Rings, I'm like, how? How did he do mm. it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta control an <laughs> army of people, and that's like so like billions of dollars on the line on your head. Right? My God, Ooh. I just I get overwhelmed watching that. Billions. <laughs> yep. Uh, you're right. I, I can't make I can't make a movie because wow, no. Yeah, and exactly like Martin said, like like I was following uh, Kevin Smith for a long time, and he's a huge movie nerd. He had like what ten bit movies under his belt, uh, a massive popularity in like in the comic community and everything. And even he felt that pressure when he got offers for the blockbuster movies. Like, nah, I can't do that. Are you crazy? <laughs> That's way I too much pressure. I, I, he, he got to do a couple episodes of The Flash, and he was like, that was good enough for me. <laughs> I, <ain't going laughs> <all that>. <laughs> <laughs> I felt them, because like, like I said, as a filmmaker, I, could, I couldn't imagine. I'm, I'm not saying I would never do it, because you never know. And another thing, too, as you ascend, you, as, you, as you progress and grow in your own craft, you, like, you never know what you're more capable of in the future. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you never like would have thought that you would do up to this point. And then you get to that point. You get to like, it's almost playing Mario. You get to level three and you're like, whoa, I'm on level four now. You look back at how hard level one was and it don't seem that hard to you no more. You know, so right. the further along you get, I, you never know. You, I might talk to you 10 years from now. You have a few scripts under your belt, Kimberly. I might talk to you, you know what I mean? Like, my Sebastian might have movies made. Like, you never know where we're going to be 10 years from now if you decide you know yeah that's true and then there are movies there are micro budget movies indie movies that are my favorite movies there's this movie called subject two 
there's only like what six people in the whole movie but really more like two and then there's like maybe five people if that that you know cameraman sound all that that's it that is a great movie and they had no budget it they had they had what they had and that movie is phenomenal i think it would probably take as much talent to make a movie like that with no money as it does to make lord of the rings because how was no budget do they make such a good movie with so few people skill creativity and imagination <laughs> oh it's amazing you know, it's one of those things of like you know where they say when you get to a certain level skill wise people aren't paying like with it people like people aren't paying you for how long it takes for you to do something but just your efficiency in doing it you know so right you get to a certain level like of skill. like you said if you got the skill to do it and you got the imagination i feel like anything's possible because like you, like I was saying before, most of the movies that I made myself, me and my crew, we just made some things. Some things we won awards for, but it's, we never had the money. And you would go to these uh, these these uh, festivals and you see the other movies that you're competing against or that you're being presented with. And you'll watch their movies. You're like, you amazed. You know what I'm saying? By, wow, you had no budget too, and this is what you did? So it's just... But sometimes it just comes down to how talented or how skilled someone is, how much experience this person has. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes it comes down just to the equipment. They might just had a one really good camera. And that and they were able to make that one really good camera do some magic versus, you know, five shitty ones. So Yeah. It, it's just so much that can go into it. That's true. It doesn't take away from how amazing it is when it gets done and when you get when you see it yourself, you're like, wow, like they they did that with just that like yeah. yeah but again i take artists as like artists are like mutants you know what i'm saying like <laughs> i don't know any artist that just has one skill and most artists they just you know toil the way and they just want to make it magic with different things that you wouldn't expect you to be able to make magic with that's true and yeah i kind of have to be that way unless you come from money and that's the thing too you can have a lot of money and your shit still suck cause oh man that's true Man, like, like I said, you go to some of these festivals and you see some of the cats that have all this money, but they couldn't tell a story. And right. That's why all it, every the, the thing that's most important should be the story, like the A to B to C, the beginning, middle, and end. And some of them, they just had a great idea and a lot of money. And the idea and the money was very flashy, but you left just you left like feeling hollow, like I nothing happened, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I so, just watched a movie like that, and your voice was in it. My voice was in it. Mm-hmm. Wounds. That was that movie. I never watched it. I kept waiting <laughs> for something to happen, and it just ended. Dude, I was like, like wow. <laughs> okay. I, I never, the thing, like, I told you, some things I'm in, I, I don't have my natural interest in as well. You know, like, movies, Oh, I understand. Yeah, I just, I just, it was one, because some movies, I'm like, it was one of those ones, I'll go see it, and I just never got around to it, because it didn't pull me in. Right. Army Hammer, I went through all that weird shit, and I was like, "Oh no!" Like now, now Army's kind of weirding me out. He's keeping up and like, yeah. And was, but one thing I will say, he was so cool. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, bro, Army Hammer was a, like, I have nothing negative to say about him. Of my experience with this guy, he was a nice guy, real cool right. people, like real, really humble. But then you find out that he eats people or some shit. And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> coolest cannibal i ever met shit <laughs> but, but like yeah i never watched moon so it's good to know that that's a skip yeah it it had some moments and and it was well made but boy if it didn't go anywhere it's like <laughs> they they had an idea for a story and they were very excited about it and then forgot to tell it that was very strange <laughs> but okay <laughs> <laughs> and, all the, and all the excitement of making a movie they just they forgot why they were there it's true i'm telling you watch wounds y'all i'm telling you you're gonna be like what <laughs> you just said that now i have to watch out of the curiosity yeah of i was gonna say the same thing <laughs> i guess I was, we're all watching tonight <laughs> man, i'm just i'm just saying i was so ready for that movie to be good i'm like oh okay I recognize these actors. All right. Cinematography is good. Okay. I'm with it. And then it it didn't do anything. 
there were some moments you're like, ooh, this is gonna be good. But it no, mm-mm. They did not have a story. They had a beginning. <laughs> they no middle, they had no a beginning. Way. And, and then it was just the over. And that wasn't even the original name of the movie. The original name of the movie, I think that's what threw me at first. I couldn't pronounce it. Oh. I couldn't remember. I can't, I have to look at this, the old script, but it was called something else. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, I don't know what this is going to be, but you know, because some things, some things you just kind of do and keep it pushing. But everybody was nice. The director was cool. Zazzy Beast was cool. But I just had no natural interest in catching that one. So I'm glad that you let me know that I yeah. made a good because uh, I heard your I was like, oh, there he is. He's on the phone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, no, I, got, I have a little scene in there. Like, I have, I have a scene. I, just, I, I, I think I said hello or something to him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I just, I think I was just so shocked by how much story there wasn't. There were, like, really good moments. And the quality was so well done as far as cinematography. But where in the hell was the rest of the movie? And that's oh, when I'm like, man, I know all these people with amazing ideas that could have used this budget. Yeah. Or even these people, because a lot of times, too, you bring a bunch of talented people together, and like you just said, they might just have a shitty script. Yeah. And, and now that's the thing, too. And that's the thing that goes back to what we said earlier. Who knows where it might have gone left? Because the script might have been good, and then some decisions might have been made who knows, man? Like yeah. that that can be its own like podcast and documentary in and of itself, just the dichotomy and what it takes to make a bad film. Right. Of a film to not be successful. And that's two different things too, because there's some films that are great that aren't successful, and there's some films that are bad and are freaking multi-million dollar makers, and you're like, but this movie sucks. So <laughs> yeah. That that's its own, like there's so many levels and layers to the subjectivity of that, you know, a bad movie. Right. That's true. That that was a shame. <laughs> I think that I think those are always there's those, you know, when an indie doesn't work out, I get it. They didn't have any money, I get it. But when one of those doesn't, I'm like, I don't get it. Like, what happened? Because <laughs> I just sat here for an hour and a half for nothing. So it's but here's the I thing: that somebody most likely loves that movie, and they can tell you why everything works. They loved it because they love roaches. Well, nothing else in that movie but roaches. (laughs) There was a ghost. Okay, a couple of ghosts, but mostly roaches. It was well done for a movie that was felt very incomplete. That's all right, though. There are more movies to watch always, so. I know. I've been on a journey to try to watch every movie ever, and I don't think I'm ever going to do it. Well, what they have to do is they just have to stop making new movies for a while so you can catch up. Maybe it'll happen. Yeah. Just give us a little while to catch up. Like, you know, stop making movies for a couple months. We'll, we'll catch up and then you can go ahead again. Oh, so ba- bankrupt the industry. <laughs> <laughs> just, just so Carlos can catch up. Well, this is a really good conversation. I love podcasting in general. Like, I've been on break. Like, my podcast is called the Fly With Bats Podcast. You can find it at uh, flywithbats.com. Uh, on my podcast, we had, we had a couple of shows. We had one called Reviewing That Show, where we reviewed movies and TV. And, um, you know, with the Fly With Bats podcast, we would generally talk about, like, social issues and, you know, a bunch of things going on in the world. And okay. uh, after um, Hurricane Ida happened in New Orleans, I basically lost everything. I lost my house. I lost everything. So I've stopped podcasting since basically August. And I've been meaning, like, I want to get my... Because I've been podcasting for, like, maybe four or five years. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. So I've been... Yeah, I've been podcast for some years, and then like you know the whole, whole black men with podcast um little crap started happening mm-hmm. online on TikTok and stuff. I was like, dang, maybe I want podcast like talking about it because now it's <laughs> now it's we like, need at least title. we need one good one though. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it's a stereotype of like you know what I mean a lot of these black dudes with podcasts just make podcasts and talk negative things about women, and that became you know keep black men away from mics. And I'm like, oh shit, no, I've had a mic for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you when you made the offer to come on your podcast, I was like, man, you, you just I, I'm yes, I want I want to get back into like just the just the swing of you know cat, you know potting and stuff. So like you know I mean you don't even realize you you giving me this like you said you're the hype woman, so you got me back in like okay now it's time to get my own thing back running you know get it back going. 
That's right. I'll link. I'll link that the Fly with Bats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Fly with Bats podcast. You can still find it wherever you find podcasts. Like I said, it's it's gonna go up to the point of August and then it break. So yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to get some new episodes up most likely in the coming months because it's just been on my mind to do because I don't know about you guys, but like one thing I love about podcasting, whether you get a million subscribers or not, is just like you're able to capture like this time period, this moment in time. And you get to capture like, you know, how you were, what you liked, what you was into. And in a way, it's like a therapeutic thing. You know, you get to talk with friends about things you like you dig and you can come back and listen to this years from now and be like yo you know this is what i was thinking or this is what i was on so just eat like regardless of how quote-unquote successful or big i just love just doing it you know that's just a of and like i say i majored in radio for a while so it's part of what i was doing anyway so yeah yeah you gotta i'll listen go back to it i took a break too because you know <laughs> pandemic and illness and tornadoes just wiped out half my town so i get it it is nice having that therapeutic fucking mm-hmm. time capsule right but i do want i do want you to come back though as you get along and writing your scripts and making your movies because i want to watch them i want to hear about it i want to hear about the whole miserable journey to making it <laughs> <laughs> Well, definitely, I'm. I'll, I would definitely love to come back on here. Whether it's talking about a movie I made, or if there's just something like it, put it like this, if I if I get into another horror movie, I gotta come back. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I I came close recently to getting into one. I it came down to me and this other guy and go with the other guy, but um, I'm still digging the concept. There's a movie coming out um about this like this black girl in her hood that made her own Frankenstein's monster type thing, but oh. it goes. Mm. But it goes left, you know Uh-oh. what I'm saying? The concept, like when I auditioned for it, and I was, I was fingers crossed. I was hoping I was gonna get it, and it, I, far, I got to like, I got to like callback number three, where I'm like auditioning with the girls. That's all the lead. I got close to being in it, but they went a different direction. But I still say, man, when this movie comes out, though, it's coming out on Shutter. I'm very mm-hmm. curious to see, like, what <laughs> this the teenage girl made a made created her own monster because they had gang violence in her hood and she got tired of seeing death, so she was trying to cure death. The whole concept made me go like, okay, I'm here for this. Mm-hmm. Let's oh, see yeah. where this goes. Yeah, I want to see it. Okay. Yeah, awesome. man. So, like, but again, if I if I got anything more horror-related coming, I'll let you guys know and I'll be happy <laughs> to you know, talk about that experience. Oh, yeah, or that would be great. About any of the other things I've done because, you know, we didn't even know Tales from the Hood 2 was experience, American Horror Story was experience, so, you know, I have a couple others, so I'll be. I'll, I'll happily come back. Well, it was a uh, pleasure. Likewise, likewise. This is the number one place for macabre, cults, classics, and horrors. For synopsis, reviews, and news, go to macabre.com. Thank you for listening. Signing out. Until the next one.